were you on January 6th? <laughs> you're not you're not even going for the regular intro, huh? <laughs> What's up gamers? I'm Tori Dominguez Peak. I'm Noah Hertz. And I'm Nathaniel Wilson. And we figured the best thing to be doing on January 6th is talk about video games. Particular and in particular our predictions for 2024. We've decided that instead of being the Gen Z video game podcast, we would be the <clears throat> we would be the January 6th memorial podcast. This one goes out to all of our political comrades who are still in prison. Free free them, they did nothing wrong. <laughs> I saw a tweet this morning that said it was from yesterday and it said tomorrow is white people's Juneteenth. And I was oh my like God. Oh I was my like God. I was like, I'm not even sure what you exactly mean by that, but it's so true. <laughs> I don't care what I don't care what it means, it's true. Who's a video game character who would have been at the January 6th mm -hmm. insurrection? But not like obvious ones, not like Ganondorf, you know? Like I need like I need like slight deeper pulls. So, okay, this this might make some people mad. Um mm -hmm. I was thinking about Final Fantasy VII and all of the members of like the eco terrorist squad, and you know how some leftists, like in particular, like leftist dudes, they hit forty and then they go kind of alt right. It's like a, a real phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they're leftist, and then one thing happens that they don't understand, and suddenly, like I'm a reactionary right wing terrorist. <laughs> I think Barrett. Really? You think so? I think Barrett would be would be there on January 6th. Hear me out. He really likes guns. I mean, he has like a he has a a, a gun for an arm. He likes guns. That's true. And then I mean, the other thing is like he has a daughter or a, a yeah, little girl does. that he like is watches over. And I think he might get caught up in some like they're grooming the kids at school like propaganda sort of thing so that's uh something something to watch out for i have i have a feeling barrett barrett is live streaming would you be surprised if you saw the photos from january 6th and then luigi was in one of them oh oh i don't know but maybe he didn't end up there on purpose that's true he, he gets, gets turned lost around, he yeah. goes places you know Okay, so what, I, I don't think Luigi is there because he, because like ideologically, I think Luigi yeah. is there for a job. Like, I think Luigi is like unclogging toilets at the Capitol. And then all these people rush in and he's like, ah, you know, like Luigi's mansion style. He's like, oh my gosh, the doors are covered. I have to scale the wall. And it's like Luigi was the first person to scale the Capitol wall and everyone totally just followed. Yeah, I could totally see that. Damn. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I feel like, um, I was trying to think of like another RPG character or like a Final Fantasy character. Like I feel like Waka Final Fantasy Ten. Like I feel like Waka would have been there, and then like if you would have talked to him about it after the fact, he would have been like, "Oh, wait a minute, I feel bad about that. That wasn't right." Like, <laughs> oh no, Waka, that is such a good point because Waka, like Waka, yeah, needs to have like a religious belief system to hold on to which is why he's such a good like yevin follower 
So I think he'd get really into QAnon because like, oh, the Albed is against us. Like I I can see some some parallels of like the elites. It would be like a little bit while since you've seen Waka and then you're hanging out and he's like, yeah, the Albed have this pizza place. And in the basement of the pizza place, they're like uh, they're like bringing Yevon people and like trying to groom them. And it's like, no, Waka, it's just a pizza parlor. I googled to see if Donald Trump is in any video games, and I just sent you guys a link in the Zoom chat to the Wikipedia article that's on Donald Trump's real estate tycoon, which is a video game. Excuse yeah, me? From 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 2002. Yeah, he's on the cover of it, like his face. Oh my god, guys, we gotta Honestly. play this. Wait, there's a... Is, is Trump's likeness in this tycoon game? Like, do you see him or hear his voice? Okay, Listen to this. If the five city levels are passed, the player then faces a business competition with Trump. The object of the challenge is to go into business against Trump for a fixed number of years and then prevail over Trump with a higher profit margin, culminating with the ultimate goal of driving him into bankruptcy. (laughs) (laughs) No, keep going. Keep reading. You could remake this. keep reading, honestly. Oh, keep reading? Uh, unlike the previous missions, natural disasters and criminal activity occur, which cause damage to property. Oh my gosh, there's a mobile version. Is this out? Oh my god. I feel like you could remaster this on modern consoles and change absolutely nothing about it, and it would be like a fucking banger seller. Like, yeah, platinum release. It would go crazy. Oh my god. I'm seeing a- Yeah, this was- this game was released in 2002 on Microsoft Windows and then in 2004 on the, oh God, on mobile phones, including the N-Gage that looks like a, looks like a Pokédex more than it looks like a phone. So yeah, we'll have to see. Maybe this isn't on GOG. I don't know. I'll have to look for it. Oh my God. It's 2024, guys. Isn't that crazy? It is. I saw a copy of this game, all- a physical PC copy of it on Amazon for, I think, 12 bucks. So, m- might nice. have to cop. Oh, my God. Not only is it 2024, but it's also the 100th episode of this show. Isn't that insane? I was like, I was like, should we do something, like, different for 100? Should we go, like, crazy or do, like, a like a variety show? But, like, it, I don't know. It didn't feel right. It felt like it's the start of 2024. I feel like we need to talk about the things we're anticipating for 2024. Mm. Yeah, I think it felt right, too. I like how the 100th episode just, like, lands where it lands. Um, Mm -hmm. And the fact that we've done this 100 times is, like, incredible. (laughs) Uh, It is kind of insane to me, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to delve in a little bit into last year's predictions and see how they line up with this year. And then talk a little bit about what we've been playing, because we haven't really gotten into that in a few weeks with all of the holiday hype. So, yeah, expecting this to be a fun time. All right. I feel like we got to start with the predictions we made last year. The last year, it was just Tori and I making predictions. And I feel like our predictions were a bit of a mixed bag. Um, Tori, do you want to start with what your 2023 predictions were? Yeah, they were, um, they were, they're pretty, I, under, I understand where I was mentally at the time with these predictions. 
is what I can say. So my first one is Tears of the Kingdom does well, but not as well as Breath of the Wild. My concern was this being like, just kind of like a sophomore album syndrome, like, oh, it's just Breath of the Wild again, slightly different. It scratches an itch, but it doesn't do anything revolutionary. Um, And I am very glad to be wrong. I would say Tears of the Kingdom did just as well, if not better, than Breath of the Wild. Uh, And it, I mean, it was like a, it became like this year's Elden Ring. Like, people were talking about it for like a month nonstop. Uh, And it played better than Breath of the Wild. The mechanics, they really expanded upon from the previous game. Very, I, I really enjoyed the story as like, simple as it could be sometimes i really enjoyed it and yeah what a hell of a game i i really am pleased with this as skeptical as i was about a sequel i really like how this turned out this game is in kind of a fascinating position too and i'm curious where you guys are at with this where it's like if if somebody who has not played breath of the wild says to me should i play breath of the wild or tears of the kingdom it's like i genuinely catch myself like unsure which one to recommend in a way that I generally would never be with a game that is like, here is the first one, here is the second one, because it's like so much of the mechanics of Tears of the Kingdom just feel like fully realized versions of things that like they were already Mm -hmm. kind of pushing at in Breath of the Wild. And like, I still think for, for story reasons and whatnot, it's probably good to play Breath of the Wild, but I don't know. I feel like it's really hard not to recommend Tears of the Kingdom to people. Absolutely. And then my second prediction is that Final Fantasy 16 hits the nail on the head and becomes one of the more successful mainline Final Fantasy games in a while. Uh, This was also kind of wrong. I think they did. I've talked a lot about this game. I think what it does with combat and boss fights was fantastic. I don't think it is like a landmark Final Fantasy game. Uh, I think I remember seeing some articles about how like it wasn't it didn't sell as well as they were hoping. So yeah, I was I was wrong about this one. I think though, like I don't know, it still had a lot of buzz around. That's it, true. You know? People like, were talking it about didn't, it. It didn't sell as well as Squeenix wanted it to, but that's in part because they were. They were banking like an entire year's worth of games that sold kind of mid on one game. And yeah. like it still seemed to me like at least in the popular consciousness, like and I'm somebody who did not play Final Fantasy 16. It was not even really keeping up with it. Like I still feel like I heard about it quite a bit. Yeah. And then my third point is Elden Ring DLC announced around March. When they did like drop the name of it, right? Yeah, I don't remember I when that happened. Was it talked up. about it? Was it talked about at the Game Awards at all? Or they announced that it like existed around the Game Awards of last year. But Shadow of the Erd Tree, Shadow of the Erd Tree first came to light on February 28, twenty twenty three. Okay, so I was like wow, literally okay. one day off. Okay, that's, you were pretty damn close. I was pretty damn close with that one. I'll give myself a win. That was, I'm adding plus one. A I'm gonna one be honest. Win. I completely forgot that they had even mentioned DLC was in the works for this game. Yeah, uh, it's also like kind of weird. Um, 
Usually when DLC comes out for games, it comes out within, I don't know, six to 12 months of release. And we're coming up on two years since Elden Ring first came out. So bit of a, a large gap there. I really like that, though, because I don't know, it seems like there's a there's a bit of a gray area sometimes with games where it's like when a game has been out long enough that it's like, should this DLC just be put into a sequel or that kind of thing? Mm -hmm. And DLC that takes as long as this has tells me that it was not in development when they were making the game, (laughs) which like is such a red flag, honestly, when it's like a game comes out and they're immediately announcing DLC. And it's like, why couldn't y'all just mm. put that in the game? You know, And I understand that video game development is much more complex than that. But it's like, it still comes off as a red flag to me when a company is like announcing DLC before a game has even released, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those are my those are my three predictions from last year. And then Noah, you also had three predictions from last year. Yes. Um, okay, so similarly, I... I see the track I was on, um, and I feel like there's some there's some hidden insights into how the world operates here. So I'll 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 ex- I'll explain. So first up, I predicted that Pokemon Scarlet and Violet would get DLC, but Legends Arceus would not. That is true. This was kind of predicated on the idea that like Legends Arceus sort of was reviewed slightly better than scarlet and violet were especially in terms of like how poorly those games run on the switch they have since gotten like two dlc packs Mm -hmm. um the second of which i heard like pretty positive things about even though it does not fix any of the like really poor performance issues that game has and as i predicted legends arceus is a game that came out reviewed really well and nintendo is or game freak is still largely just looking at it as like a side game and so like the the rumor mill is a buzz over like what the next one of these is going to be like legends insert pokemon name here but it is kind of funny to me that again like game freak hits on an idea that people really like and they're just like okie dokie guys like moving on to the next thing and uh yeah pokemon needs a win like pokemon needs a win they and really by a win do. i mean they like do. a game that doesn't run like total dog shit <laughs> yeah man you were um, sending me videos like around christmas time of like look how bad the pokemon dlc runs and it was like the just the frame rate again when you're on that motorcycle pokemon you're just riding around a grass field and it's oh just God. like freezing every single time you jump yeah why yeah it's like i don't know i know people who have this game and enjoyed playing it yeah but like i i can't bring myself to get this game if yeah. it's gonna run like this what are my especially friends? since yeah go ahead yeah one of my friends told me she knows someone who got really into like this shiny and like pokemon breeding mechanic in this game and i'm like they've put like hundreds of hours into it and i'm like good for you i'm glad this is your animal crossing yeah and every now and then we'll talk about it and i'll be like i still haven't gotten scarlet or violet and they'll be like honestly that's not the worst thing that you haven't gotten it and i'm like if you've put like a gazillion hours into it and can still recognize that that's how you feel Yeah. yeah okay next prediction i said So this was predicated on the very short teaser trailer that we got for Kingdom Hearts 4 back in 2022 that was like, um, that included a shot where people were like, oh my god, that looks like Endor from Star Wars Episode 6. Granted, 
it was pretty much just a forest, but people were like, that's a Star Wars forest right there. So oh my, <laughs> my, my prediction <laughs> was- I could see that. That is like average Star Wars fan behavior. Dude, you combine average Star Wars fan and average Kingdom Hearts fan behavior, and my YouTube recommended was just bonkers for a week or two. Yeah. Um, I said that Star Wars content would be officially revealed for Kingdom Hearts 4 and that there would be a trailer that had Darth Vader in it. I Oof. I don't want to just copy paste this one to next year. I still really think this is going to happen. Like I still genuinely expect this at some point, but um, I'm kind of bummed that we didn't get it in 2023. So, you know, um, last honestly i feel like 2023 was still like a fairly good year for star wars video game announcements though because nathaniel what's that one that's like the open world oh man i do not remember it's on gonna be on next gen consoles do you remember the name of that one you play as like a a gunslinger outlaws yeah yeah yeah, that one the one that people got really mad because the main character is latina and they were like there aren't latinas in star wars like yeah (laughs) There aren't Tinas in Star Wars. Only in um, canonically, there aren't. God, what is that um, movie where they where they get the Death Star plants that everyone loves? Rogue One is the only uh, Latinx. Rogue One. That's Rogue the one. only Latinx Star Diego Wars Luna. movie. Yeah, we only got to be in one movie, and then we all fucking died. Yeah. Hey, he was in Andor, the best Star Wars television show, and I stand by that. So. <clears throat> I respect that. Excuse me. Andor's so good, guys. Um, but I think second season's but, Co- up, but. but the Kodor remake died. So that's that's one Star I think Wars it, L. It like died and it also didn't die. Um, because it was like, what was it? It was like the company that was making it just yeah. got like snuffed out. <laughs> but then like, I want to say... Um, yeah, here we go. I found an IGN article from a couple months ago that includes a tweet from Jason Schreier, where Schreier says, can't say whether the KOTOR remake will ever actually come out, but yes, two people from Saber Interactive tell me they're still oh on God. it, despite recent rumors that nobody's working on the game. And remember, Saber took the project after the previous company that was working on it, like, folded. <laughs> so... I love the idea of like a big like office space and it's like there's different areas where people are working on games and there's just like two dudes in the corner who are working on a much anticipated next gen Knights of the Old Republic remake (laughs) and it's like all right man what are we gonna do today and he's like I don't know I think I'm gonna keep working on the uh, Darth Revan model I'm just gonna keep chucking away at that one (laughs) my last thing and um nathaniel i want you to come to my defense no i already was gonna make this argument for you dance dance you ready dance dance revolution come back is what i predicted this did not happen but 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 thanks to fortnite festival Harmonix has basically pushed a rock band comeback yeah and also this is maybe a little too far-fetched but like with the popularity of hi-fi rush i think that showed that there is an appetite for music games i think i think there's something brewing we did not get full-blown ddr comeback like you predicted but i do think there's been something bubbling in the consciousness of like we miss music games i will i'll give you a point 25 for that one okay if i'll take it i'll take it especially if there was a way that you could and i'm sure you could hook up your like a ddr mat to a current gen console i bet you could play fortnite fest on it 
people yeah, definitely did that. I, I definitely saw people like modding yeah. Elden Ring and they were using like DDR pad yeah. and like Guitar Hero controller to kill Melania. Like it's definitely possible. Well, and Epic has even acknowledged this too and said that not DDR pads, but they have said that like instrument peripheral connectivity is like a top priority for them with Fortnite Festival. I love Which that. is so funny to me that they are working on a feature that is predicated on you owning a piece of dusty plastic that you've had for 20 years. And like, I don't know if you guys remember this, but like, it is remember definitely when Goodwill in your parents' attic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Do you remember when Goodwill was just like Guitar Hero City? Like, you would go to the oh like, yeah back section of a Goodwill. Kit. Oh my god. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. My back in the two thousands, my aunt and her ex husband they had rock band night every Tuesday night with their friends. That's which so is awesome. such a being being in your yeah. 20s and the mid 2000s thing to do. And they had one of those ottomans that when you open it up, it's actually storage. And oh. that's where they put their like guitars and shit. And they would, like break it all down so the drum kit would fit in there. And like, what a what an encapsulation in, like, of the era. Maybe you, you wouldn't at? be able to oh, like ahead. find the guitars and drums as easily now but i bet like any thrift store that has mm-hmm. video games in it in the united states has a copy of either a guitar hero game or a rock band game because like those games ain't going anywhere like yeah agreed. Th- those can sit yeah they made so many of those yeah they were i so remember good. for like the longest time the walmart near my house when i was a kid had like their video game section and you know how like the the like grocery store slash supermarket video game section is very console segregated so it's like here's the playstation section and the xbox section and the nintendo section well the walmart near where i grew up had like this one section that was like here are all the games for like outdated consoles and that kind of thing so like they had wii games well into the wii u era and they had like ps2 games well into the ps3 and even into the ps4 era and i remember so vividly this was like into when the ps4 had already come out there was like this small stack of like the rock band one acdc track pack or something like that for the playstation 2 and it was like those were never moving like i they must have sat there collecting dust for like a decade and no one it's like when you go to best buy and they have all the video games behind like the case except they'll have like the cheap ones that are ten dollars or twenty dollars like just in a stack or on a shelf and like that's where all the rock band games were when when they were still being made they were on that shelf yeah Nice. Yeah, it's like it's like video games and black hair care products those are the things they have to make sure that people aren't stealing yeah Guitar Hero. Where were you at with Guitar Hero back in the day? Were you like we had Guitar Hero, um, Guitar Hero three? It was not mine. It was like my uncle's, who's my same age as me, who we grew up together. Yeah, and he was always way better at it than I was, um, because he like grinded it. Um, but and I remember he was like playing through the fire and the flames, like on expert mode on Guitar Hero three. And whenever Mm -hmm. it was my turn, I'd just be like, okay, I'm gonna play Barracuda on medium, actually. And I'm going to have myself, I'm going to use four buttons only. I'm not using five buttons. I can't do it. 
I definitely wasn't through the fire and the flames on expert, but like I had a point where like I could play some stuff yeah. on expert, you know, like really, really shred not like my sister and I, we would play rock band pretty mm. regularly. I've, I, I don't think and I've like, ever played I remember, rock band. I think I've only ever played guitar hero. We, we were really into Guitar Hero in like the PS2 and the Wii era. It started with the Wii and then we actually went back and my dad found like a cheapy PS2 one because like the Wii ones were funny because they had like you had to insert the Wii remote into yeah, the Yeah, I remember that. Whereas the the yeah, and the PS2 ones were just like a guitar with a USB mm-hmm. dongle. So like he found like a cheapy PS2 guitar and then like copies of Guitar Hero 1 and 2 and we kind of went back to that. So when Rock Band came out, we were like primed for that shit like my sister and i went nuts for it we loved it we had like the beatles i I was literally gonna say i cannot even imagine your house on beatles rock band drop day dude it went crazy i don't know if we got it on whenever but whenever it was your drop day yeah whenever it was my drop day like we went crazy for beatles rock band like in adulthood though like my two guitar hero stories are when i was at fsu and it was my last year there um I had a friend on the Frisbee team who decided that he was just going to buy a guitar in Guitar Hero 3. Like, he bought them, I'm pretty sure he bought them new on Amazon. So, like, he spent a lot of money on it, like, in in, in 2019 (laughs) or in 2020. And But then he just shredded the fuck out of it. Like, he grinded it. And so it wasn't even fun to go over there and play because he was just, like, destroying everyone. And then... um. For my on one of my close friends' birthdays last year, we went out with him and some of his friends, who included um, Olympian Grant Holloway, and we went to Dave and Buster's. And Grant just had like seven Dave and Buster's cards that he just passed out to all of us, and he was like, "Okay, let's go crazy!" What? And so I played some Guitar Hero at the Dave and Buster's in Gainesville, Florida, and that was gas. You went to you went to. You went to Dave and Buster's with a dude who's got like a whole ass Wikipedia yeah. page. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, damn, I'm on his Wikipedia page right now. This yeah, is crazy. we went. To, we went to the bar first. He went crazy, and then we went to, like, we we walked from the uh, what is that bar called? It's like named after the old UF football coach Spurriers or something. We walked from the like the oh, fanciest okay. bar in Gainesville to Dave and Buster's, and then he just reached in his pocket of his jeans and pulled out like six or seven different Dave and Buster's cards and just passed and just That's started crazy. passing them out among us, amongst us. Yeah. Wow. Wow. If you guys ever come to my to my area, not to dox myself here, but our old mall here, which was like killed during the recession, uh, Epic Games bought it the malls yeah and then they didn't use it for anything but then next to it is a giant fucking newly renovated dave and busters mm. let's go let's go nothing like nothing like the research triangle entertainment wow. i'm on a wral reading an article right now is epic games ever going to build hq at blank town center site not to i don't want a doc story what the fuck yeah yeah, literally. We can we can take a, a grand old tour. That's a really nice Dave and Buster's though. We go sometimes, especially when it's like too hot outside to do anything during summer. It's a vibe. I'm a big fan of our uh actually I mean I could talk about it because it's a video game. I'm a big House of the Dead stan. 
like at mm. Dave and Buster's. I just love how terrible the voice acting is. They're always like, oh no, the, the experiment is failing. How could anyone do this? Yes, this is Amy. Yes. Yes. It seems that Goldman left a message for us. What? Is it like a new House of the Dead game or is it like the one I probably had on my Dreamcast? It's been like, the same one for like, there's like yeah. four of them now. Nice. Noah, Noah, did you ever go to the arcade bar in Gainesville? I they have not, like no. some House of Deads there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I had, when I got my Dreamcast when I was a teenager, my dad bought it in like a lot on eBay. And one of the games it came with was House of the Dead and one of the light guns. Yeah. My like, uncle had that one. That was very fun. I, I didn't play it a whole lot, but like it was just really fun because it was like duck hunt technology. And like since I didn't go to a lot of arcades, like I don't have a lot of like familiarity with light gun games. So I think I probably played like duck hunt as a child. And then the next light gun game I played was like house of the dead and it was like total jump in what was going on i have such a family history with house of the dead my uncle uh my my mom's youngest brother who was very much like a divorced dad like he played darts two days a week competitively he like had a, a good mustache uh really loved arcade games he would come over to our house with his son, my cousin, and they would come over and he had like a fucking briefcase that his light gun would be in. And oh he would play God. House of the Dead with my brother and my dad and I would watch as like a five-year-old. Like core memory for me. Um, and then when my brother was learning to type in middle school, my parents got him typing of the dead. What? Which is House of the Dead. What you guys have no. never heard of this? I've okay. seen this one, yeah. Typing of the Dead, Nathaniel, is the original House of the Dead game, but you, instead of shooting, you are typing, and it has, like, words you're supposed to type, and, like, typos count against you, and it's so funny because the characters, instead of having games, they have, like, laptops strapped to their chest, like, a, almost like a oh sandwich board style, and they're like this, and, like, bullets, like, you know, like, they, it kills the zombies, and it's fantastic. You should. I'm look looking it up. at pictures right now on Google. This is crazy. No! 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 My dad's still inside. Don't worry, I'll get him out. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. They need, they need to make more of those. I need I need a, a House of the Dead five. I think we need more games that teach typing. I'm seeing that I'm seeing that there is typing of the dead for the Dreamcast. That's, that's fair. And it says that you yeah, need the Dreamcast keyboard, which I also didn't know existed. Yeah, you you have to have the keyboard peripheral and it's like impossible. How but... did the Dreamcast have so many fucking controllers? Cuz it was it was like... 1999 into 2000, dude. It was crazy. It was just controllers. This Dreamcast today. keyboard goes crazy. There's the Dreamcast keyboard, there was the Dreamcast fishing rod that you used with Sega Bass Fish like <laughs> i've seen that that's one. all kinds of stuff man all kinds of stuff wow speaking of funny controllers mm-hmm. i have a story to tell you please guys. so for christmas we got the ps5 vr2 headset oh, cool my my dad and his wife uh very generously gave that to us um and 
so we're just like playing Beat Saber on it. We're playing like the Gran Turismo game. Okay, the Gran Turismo in VR is actually fucking insane. Mm-hmm. It's like you are sitting in the car and you can like see like the seat next to you. Mm. You can see like the stick you're driving. That's pretty like, crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, fantastic experience. Might make you a bit nauseous, but uh, otherwise like really immersive and, and really impressive. We get my brother. My brother is like six foot tall ish and like really clumsy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a clumsy person, but just imagine me like a foot taller and a man. Um, that's my <laughs> Got brother. It. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> and like my brother has like tripped in, in insane circumstances. Like he's a very clumsy person. The PSVR two, like imagine my headphones are PSVR two. There's a wire connecting mm-hmm. it. Sometimes it gets in the way as you're doing Beat Saber. Wait, connecting so, it to like a the, the PS5 it itself? The, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, which is weird. You think you would not do that? Yeah. So usually what I do when I play Beat Saber is I take this wire and I put it behind my back so that my arms of my move like moving my arms does not is not get does not get impeded. Since by that's the like one of the main things you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. My brother did not think to do this. And so the wire is like in front of him. He's doing Beat Saber and he's like, dot, 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 like really like gesticulating with his arms. And he does this and he does it with such force that he actually um, snapped the wire in half. Oh my God. And so at first we're like, oh, it's just a wire. It's probably just like a USB C to USB C. You can just unplug it and just like order another one on Amazon. Listeners, that wire is part of the headset oh it does my not god. disconnect of course it is which means he he destroyed the psvr2 oh my god on christmas day by the way like this was same how day. much does a psvr2 and cost just out of curiosity 500 dollars. Oh, oh my god and so there's like a warranty to- yeah yeah, so my dad, because my dad was the one who bought it for us, he managed, he got it off Amazon, so he, like, returned it, and they sent us a new one, which is very nice, and it just arrived, but, like, it really sucked, man. I played, like, two games of Beat Saber and one Gran Turismo race before my brother just, like, fucking karate chopped the wire. Jesus Christ. Um, is it, like, he's was it, like, playing in slow motion and you could see that it was about to happen, or did it catch you by surprise? It caught me by surprise because I was watching him play Beat Saber, but I was sitting on the couch. So really, I just saw the back of his body. Mm. And then he was like doing it. And then the game like shut off. And I was like, my first thought was like, am I sitting on a controller? Like, did someone Mm -hmm. accidentally press the wrong button? Like, what's happening? Let's get him back up in this game. And then he turned around and he's like, this wire keeps getting in the way. And then we looked and we saw like the wire was like snapped. Emitting sparks on the living room floor. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. So he's banned. He, like, next time he visits my place, I'm like, you're not fucking touching my PSVR 2 because that wire is, like, irreplaceable. And so now every time we play it, when we put it away, we put it away in a cabinet and close it because I have two cats who eat wires. Yeah. And that's apparently, like, the world's most fucking expensive wire. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's just some some gamer fun i wanted to share with the show that's incredible. you just got to become one of those people that can like repair broken wires like the people who are like oh my right earbud shorted i just have to cut out a section and re reattach it yeah yeah and like jesse's a person who can sometimes fix things with like his soldering iron but he was like this is too fucked yeah yeah like let's just let's just send it back to amazon so yeah 
That's so funny to imagine being like, uh, and if he had tried to solder it, like the Amazon person who is accepting the return, and they just like <laughs> open it up, and it's just like soldered back together and broken. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like, uh, overconfident white man has been here. <laughs> Yeah, literally, that's so true. Men love to solder. It's so true. Every now and then, I'll like, um, I was getting this a lot when I was looking at like uh, replacing parts of my 3DS to like make it function a little better. And I would get to the point in the uh, like in the uh, tutorial that was like, and now you have to pull this up and then solder this new thing down. And I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not buying a soldering iron for this, man. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah, Jesse has one that looks like a pen. That's crazy. Like He like keeps it, he actually keeps it on him sometimes. It's great. Being married to an engineer is crazy. He just like pulls out a soldering iron. God damn. I fell down a YouTube rabbit hole yesterday um, just watching videos about all the different kinds of Swiss army knives that exist. Okay. And they have like the ones He's with- also into that. They have like the ones with a flashlight and they have ones with a pen. What? And, no, there's crazy there's ones. Yes. And, but I feel like, I feel like Jesse needs to look and try to find a Swiss army knife that has a solder inside of it. Yeah. I don't know how much I want to promote this hobby, but that is a good gift idea. Yeah, like I so. I ordered one yesterday after watching like ten YouTube videos. Oh, and I it love has that. like the it has like the knife, the scissors, the Phillips head screwdriver, it's some pliers. I got yeah. a fancy one. Damn. Wow. That is incredible. Whole new world. So back to our main objective. <laughs> although this is a fantastic yeah, detail. That was a really good segment. I'm, I'm keeping it's, all of that in. It's episode 100, baby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we can, no so rules. we can talk about whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> what we're playing, what we're soldering, what we're, you know, whatever. It, it, I think it counts. Um, What are our predictions for this year? Okay. I, Tori, I feel like everything rides on the one that you have at the top. So let's do like one at a time and talk about them. Yeah, I like that. Okay. One. Okay. So my first one is the Switch 2 is essentially will iterate on the Switch like the Wii U did, but it'll be a lot more successful. Basically, it's a Wii U that actually sells. Mm. Um, That's my prediction. It's announced in f- at a February Nintendo Direct for release this November. Damn. Very detailed. Very detailed, yeah. I really like the idea that um, I have this image in my head of like it's the announcement trailer and it's like they show you the switch and you're like, oh, my God, it's the switch, like the gamepad, the gamepad with the Joy-Cons. And then it's like they cut back and it ships with a second gamepad like the Wii U, like a totally separate gamepad that is meant to be handheld while the switch is plugged into the dock. And it's like, oh, my God, not again, not again. (laughs) The stuff that I've seen online um that i actually think could be kind of cool is the idea of like a dock that doesn't cover the screen and so the switch can be in docked um and this isn't anything we know this is just stuff people Mm -hmm. are like drawing up and assuming um but like a dock that allows the switch to operate as a second screen but it would be like near tv Hmm. probably i don't know there was another video i watched actually yesterday um where they were like the dock you're gonna be able to like cast to it instead of plugging into it and so you can you they were like i think you're gonna be able to use the switch 2 as a controller 
while playing on the TV. So you could have like your Breath of the Wild map on your Switch 2 screen while playing on the TV and like using the control, like it's literally Wii U shit, huh. just playing on your Switch. That is kind of cool because like, I feel like, um, like, I don't know, a lot of what the Switch does well is stuff that the Wii U kind of sought to do and just didn't quite hit the nail on the head with. Like, I yeah, I have this memory of at one point, like, trying to play with my Wii U and the console was plugged in in the living room and I really wanted to take it into my bedroom to, like, go play with it. And it was too far away from the console. And it was like, yeah. I remember thinking, like, God, if only there was, like, a way that I could just take this further away and play on just the handheld deck. And, like, we did end up getting that. But, huh. Yeah, I don't know. I was really thinking about it. And, like, we've talked about this before, but Nintendo is, like, the only company that, like, actually reinvents a console every time they come out with a console. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, the PS5 is just a better PS4. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is a better PS3. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fine. And part of me would be bummed if the Switch 2 was just a better Switch because I'm like, that's kind of going against Nintendo's whole thing. Like, we're going to get a five. Like, the real Nintendo thing to do would be, like, Switch 2 has, like, a five-prong controller for no fucking reason. Like, that's that's the real Nintendo way. Yeah. But I don't. That's also useless. Yeah. So I don't really know what to expect from this. I do think it's not going to look totally foreign. It's not going to be like yeah. a GameCube to Wii jump. Yeah. But it can't be PS4 to PS5 either. Yeah, that's just not the Nintendo then, way. So. Yeah. And then Nathaniel had a, a little addendum to my prediction here where he said $70 games. Like, they're just going to. Yeah. They're just going yeah. to transition Definitely. to that. And like, yeah, well, everyone else has. And they they did it with Bre with the uh, Tears of the Kingdom and like we fussed for five minutes about it and then we all bought it anyway. Yeah. So everyone was celebrating. I can see that everyone was celebrating when they announced that um, Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door was coming out because they're like, now you don't have to spend a hundred dollars on eBay to play it, right? And it's like, no, you're just gonna have to spend seventy dollars at at Target to play it. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! I love gaming. Yay. All right, uh, Nathaniel, do you want to go next with your first one? I feel like it ties better into Tori's than mine does. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a different one actually. Oh, okay, okay. Um, the Switch Two is gonna come out. I think, I think it will be announced in February, like Tori, but I think it'll come out in September. Um, I think they're gonna leave a little bit of time because they'll do like their drop release big game and then they'll do a holiday release big game that'll come out like a couple months later i think we'll probably get like two giant games this year is my guess but i think the switch 2 coming out means that they're gonna completely overhaul the switch app and try to integrate switch successor into every single part of our lives like they're gonna do mm. the sleep counter from pokemon sleep oh shit and they're gonna do they're gonna have the step counter yeah um, i'll be able to connect gonna give switch you, to my fitbit yeah yep they're gonna give you little money on biometrics it. yeah no i think they're gonna try to have you do as much as you possibly can on the switch app um whenever they change it because i like the thing with the current switch app is like i remember i got a switch i downloaded the switch app and then i just like deleted it a few weeks later because i was like what is the point of this thing yeah and i mm -hmm. i think i think they're really 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 gonna overhaul it it's gonna look way different and they're they're gonna want it in our lives okay 
I support that. Uh, I've got one, and I'm going to do the same thing. I'm not going to do the one that I wrote first, but I'm going to do the one that I think ties in here. I think mine is less contingent on Switch 2 coming out, but this is still Nintendo-related. And my prediction is Microsoft and Nintendo friend era. So... Part of this comes from, I believe it was earlier in 2023, there was that announcement that like Microsoft and Nintendo, and I want to say Sony, but like chiefly Microsoft and Nintendo were working together to like try and bolster online connectivity for games. This was not like a joint, like it's going to happen on the Switch or whatever, but it was just like a, it was like a memorandum of understanding between them that was just like, yes, the, uh, we need online connectivity to be better for games in the future. And like, if there's one thing Nintendo sucks at in even today in 2024, it's online connectivity for their games. Like Nintendo has, it is mm-hmm. baffling to the degree that Nintendo has like still not nailed that in some of their most popular games. Like the with matchmaking that feels like it's straight out of like the Nintendo Wii era. And I, I mean, the the extrapolation here of Microsoft and Nintendo friend era is that I still think at some point Game Pass is going to come to a Nintendo console. Like the Microsoft is pushing so hard in the direction of like get our box and it is the thing that runs Game Pass that I don't know if there's ever a scenario where like every single Game Pass thing is available on Switch, but like I still think there's going to be a point where like even if it is just a limited version of Game Pass that only allows for some games and maybe not like the big tentpole Microsoft releases, like the Halos and that kind of thing, like I think there is going to be some degree of Game Pass integration with a Nintendo console at some point. I think that every single game will be on it. You think so? Like just, yeah, from from where we're already at, like when I turn on my Samsung TV, it's like open the Xbox app and play Game Pass without an Xbox. Yeah. And I open up like my my Lenovo work computer is like download the Game Pass app so you can play Forza on the laptop. And I, I've i like played Fortnite on my iPad before. Like Xbox's whole thing. And I think we saw this when like their future plans got leaked earlier this year mm-hmm. is their whole thing is is like they are obviously gonna stay in the hardware game i think but but like at the top of their list now is game pass yeah is way more important to them than hardware and i think it will be everywhere everywhere yeah yeah and i think like that solves a key problem that nintendo has that is like they haven't quite nailed the the streaming aspect of things they haven't quite nailed the digital library like on demand type of thing because like yeah sure we've got the switch online but games release for that so slow it it does not have so many of the games that people want to be included in like a true backlog nintendo catalog thing and like Game Pass coming to Switch would be a really great way for them to point at and be like, look at all these like represented generations of gaming now that were not represented previously. There's all these old Xbox One games or Xbox original Xbox games that were like never available on another console outside of Xbox and that kind of thing. So I I could totally see that one happening. And it would just like continue to bolster not that Nintendo gives a shit about this. I feel like Microsoft gives a shit more about like console war era type shit than Nintendo does. For sure. Yeah. They they're always on that grind. It would give them kind of like an additional leg up over Sony that like Nintendo definitely doesn't give a shit about and frankly I don't think consumers really mm-hmm. give a shit about anymore either, but like I have no doubt that Microsoft probably does. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Should we should we move on to everyone's number two? Yes, please. Okay. My number two is that Netflix will really go head into games, which we're already starting to see. Like they're like, we want to expand into gaming. They've been saying this, but it seems like they're really, it's really going to start to happen. Well, what is it too? It's like, but my prediction oh, yeah. is it's going to be bad. Yeah. I was going to say, can't you, that's my prediction. Can't you already like, if you have the Netflix app on your phone, just like play like into the breach and some other games through it. Like, I don't know what all games yeah. are available, but when I, when I open Netflix on my iPad, it's like play GTA San Andreas. What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's, do they have original games yet or no? I don't know. I'm looking at the list of games that they have available right now. and Besides like Bandersnatch. Yeah, it looks like it's it's just stuff that they've made agreements with other companies for. So like there's some good stuff yeah, on here like Dead I, Cells, like um, yeah. the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like beat 'em up game. Like there is definitely, and all these games, like the first Oxenfree, there's like big games in here. And sure, there's like a Stranger Things thing too. There's a couple Stranger Things things, but yeah, I don't, there isn't like a big tentpole Netflix game release, you know? Yeah, my my prediction is they're going to try to do that. Yeah. They're going to announce a, a tentpole Netflix game that gets you to take them as a gaming, them as a gaming company seriously, and it's not going to be. Kind of like when, uh, when Amazon debuted that one game, I forget what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like an MMO. Yeah, it right? was something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nathaniel, I sent you guys a link. Yeah. Yeah. To this Netflix press release. And it says that in 2023, they debuted their first two internally developed games. And so um, Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals by Night School. And then um, a Love is Netflix Stories Love is Blind. Which sounds like a banger. Might might have to boot that one up, honestly. Yeah, I might have to play the, the Love is Blind game. Yeah. That's crazy that Oxenfree 2 was like partly developed by it was like because I mean I know it was night school, but like it was partly internally developed by Netflix. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. That that to me seems like the way forward though. And like that's they've already got like a list of some games that they're planning on bringing over in 2024. But like I think if Netflix really wants to get into games, it needs to be stuff like Oxenfree that is like really story driven rather than here is the license tie in to the latest Netflix streaming thing. You know, like I think just doing that is like a surefire way to make yourselves look like just like a very unserious uh, quote unquote gaming company. But like if you are paying studios to make like really well made like story driven games i think that is a way to be like we're netflix and we care about stories we care about like good media then that also includes games i think that's probably the way to do it whether they actually do that i don't know but like that that would be the way forward i would think okay okay my next one yes is um game pass prices are going to go up Yes. Um, we talked about Game Pass a little bit ago. Um, generally, I just think all prices for everything are going up everywhere. And so this isn't like a, a big crazy one to me. I don't remember what Game Pass costs now, like 17, 18 bucks a month. I'm going to look it up. Um, Game Pass Ultimate is $17 a month. That's what I pay. Um, 
And yeah, everything's gotten more. I know it is. It's like that's honestly a lot of money throughout the year. And they have like the cheaper one, which is 10 bucks a month, but you don't get like the Ubisoft games or the EA games, I think. And so I was like, I was like, fuck it. We'll, we'll just get the whole thing and um, it's, it'll go up probably they're gonna i like the call of duty games are all supposed to go on there at some point this year wow and maybe it maybe it'll align with that so that they can like sneak it in what do you think the price increase will go to like how how great like 18.99 or 19.99 i think they'll keep it compared to 16 i think yeah yeah, i think they'll keep it under 20 but go up by like two or three bucks i think once you go over 20 people will get pissed off yeah the the sticker shock of it being a different digit yeah of like oh my god 20 um yeah i think 18.99 is a good good way to to sneak the inflation yeah Yeah. or you could do the thing that like um that PlayStation did when they increased the price of PlayStation Plus, where it was like a significant price increase, but they added a bunch of new stuff onto it. Granted, like mm-hmm. I think Game Pass is probably already enticing enough and like has a good enough wrap in the way that PlayStation Plus did not. But like mm-hmm. I remember they added like the PlayStation equivalent of like the Game Pass library that was like not as good, but still a library. And it was like a yeah. pretty big price hike over what PlayStation Plus used to be. Yeah, and I feel like they already ex- Microsoft already kind of played that card mm-hmm. when they came out with like the base pack and I then the ultimate pack. Damn. All right, I guess that means it's my turn. Um my next my next thing kind of ties into a conversation we had earlier about last year's prediction. I say that new plastic guitar controllers are going to start cluttering up stores and I I already kind of talked about this a little bit. I think it is insane to me that harmonics would be working on integration for guitar controllers with the expectation that like people have these still it's kind of like when nintendo made it like when they made the wii u and the switch compatible with gamecube controllers and they started selling gamecube controllers again it's like it's just another opportunity to get money from people like they probably even still have those plastic shells in a warehouse somewhere like they can figure this out but like i like, you remember when it was, like, t- the peak Toys to Life era and you went to a video game store or, like, the gaming section of a Walmart or a Target and it was just, like, Amiibo and Lego Dimensions and Skylanders and the Disney one, like, as far as the eye can see. Like, I'm anticipating that, but with, like, guitars and guitars and microphones and basses and drum sets that have like the big epic games logo and have like jonesy from fortnite and like the fish guy from fortnite and that kind of shit on it because like i think if, if they leaned really hard into like the fortnite branding i think this shit would sell like hotcakes all we all it would be is just like a total repeat oh, yeah. of guitar hero fever but like I don't know. Anytime I see like, you know, there's like the Nerf guns that have the Fortnite branding on them and stuff. Like, I think if mm-hmm. they did that, but with musical instruments, it will it will absolutely decimate what the electronic section of your supermarket looks like right now. Would you? Yeah, this actually. Oh, you can... No, you got it, Tori. Okay, so this is kind of a weird sidebar, but it's related. Mm-hmm. I was watching this documentary a couple of weeks ago about how advertising for children ramped up in the 90s and the 2000s, which like squares exactly with our generation and our childhood. And one really good example of it was like, they're talking about how like 
branded toys in online games yeah. that are like pre-rendered with licensed characters prevents children from like unstructured play and coming up with their own characters and mm. playing house and those scenarios and how that like affected our generation. But like one example of it was webkins. Like these kids would go to the store. I I had webkins. Yeah, and you would buy the stuffed animal and instead of like playing with your stuffed animal, you would just like upload the code and play fucking you know, basically pre like uh hmm. remastered version of arcade games. Yeah. Like we basically played like Tetris and the, and like Breaker, yeah. like the Frogger, one where you're like bouncing. Yeah. Like, yeah, basically that. Um, and in a way, I, I had the thought while watching this documentary of like, were Webkins like the first amiibos? Hmm. Yeah. Like, or was Neopets kind of an amiibo? <laughs> like, um, so it's like that trend is cyclical. Yeah. It, it goes away and it comes back and it goes away and it comes back. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see that come back in some sort of way. I think the um, place I see it at with so. Fortnite is like the 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 goal of having a quote unquote metaverse is still very, very present. But like yeah. nobody wants to call it that anymore because it like was a failed thing that Facebook sunk a gazillion dollars worth of money into that went absolutely nowhere. Mm -hmm. And I think what epic at least has realized is that at the moment the appetite for opening up Fortnite and having like just a, a second life-esque space to wander around in is not there but what they can do is just put other games inside of Fortnite, and that's why and like we talked about that that's why like now you boot up the Fortnite launcher and it's like hey do you want to play a racing game or a rock band or basically minecraft instead of Fortnite battle royale and like i anticipate that will continue to like just get bigger make more money and like given how scummy the monetization is of Fortnite festival like that seems like just the perfect fucking place for it you know because it's like we talked about that it's like it would be like if you picked up a disc copy of rock band and there were 10 songs on there and every additional song cost five dollars instead of the one dollar that they cost to begin with and like it, it's gonna work though and it's like man if you sell a guitar peripheral that costs fifty dollars but it comes with like a uh, ten dollar v buck thing like I, I that shit is gonna fly off the shelves we're also at the point too of like the nostalgia cycle with like adults who are starting to have kids and they're gonna be like oh my god i loved rock band or guitar hero when i was 2000s a kid nostalgia yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's all it's all just cyclical yeah i'm totally with you yeah, unfortunately, I can see 10 years from now, my kids being on some sort of reborn webkins, yeah. and I'll be Web like, oh my god, yeah, of course. Nathaniel, were you going to ask terrible. something before? Um, just whether or not you're going to buy one of these. I don't think so. I think if I would do anything, I would uh, dig into no. my dad's closet and go find the Guitar Hero guitar that I insisted we keep yeah. one of. But um, Everyone, yeah. visit, your visit your parents' attic. Yeah resist the trend exactly noah your 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 big your next prediction needs to be the uh epic games x nintendo fortnite labo cardboard guitar Ugh, yeah yeah i can see that i can see that <laughs> hey cardboard's cheaper than plastic you know <laughs> so true that is so true all right okay. tori you got it this okay this is my final one it is switch 
two related. It is my copium. I love this. It is my magnum opus. Magnum copus. The switch to magnum copus. <laughs> uh, this is just harkening back to like my favorite childhood memory of coming her of coming home from school one day and finding Twilight Princess hooked up to a Wii that I didn't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to my mom for that one. That was that was fire. I think Ocarina of Time remake is the launch title for the Switch Two. Now you think I know this is bullshit. You think it's the like the like they've the been working one. on it, but like the like I, not three D Mario Two. Like oh, I think that is okay. okay maybe three D Mario Two is, but like Ocarina of Time is like the one they released like two months mm, later. Okay, okay. okay now, so when you say my oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. My logic for this is not just nostalgia farming. Okay. I mean, yes, but my thing is that there has been some Ocarina of Time remake shit floating around. Chatter. The There's been chatter. and not and not just really? like Mister, yes. not just like Mister Triforce guy being like, "What if?" <laughs> I mean, there's been like actual chatter, and yeah. someone went as so far as to ask, I believe, Aonuma or someone else about it, and they were like, "Uh, no comment." Yeah, and it just seems like there's something bubbling so definitely brewing over there it's gonna come out at some point like next year or the year after and also last year was the 25th anniversary and whether or not anniversaries matter to certain nintendo franchises are kind of back and forth especially if you're not mario but i think there's just something going on there i wonder like what what are you picturing when you say Ocarina of Time remake? Like, are you imagining an upscaled port of the 3DS game, or are you imagining like Breath no. of the Wild That's engine? A, like, I neither. neither? Th- that would be a remaster. It's going to be no. its own thing. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine it being its own thing and looking really beautiful. Hmm. Um. So that that is my like magnum copus. May happen. May not happen. But I, I do feel like it's it's way too soon for them to actually pump out a brand new Zelda game for this new console. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's going to be a, some sort of remake. Damn. I think we're going to get Wind Waker and Twilight Princess on the Switch before the next console comes out. I'm not convinced those are ever coming to Switch, but <laughs> I, I'm sorry. No, I think it's happening that, it's, this it's year. It's the Silk Song. It's the Silk Song of Zelda. I couldn't put it on my list because it's too embarrassing to have on the list. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's coming. It just, it is kind of, I mean, we've said this before, but it is truly ridiculous to me that they don't have those on switch already. It kind of feels like it's, it's like a break glass in case of emergency kind of situation where it's like, if Nintendo gets into some like really serious controversy, like if, if Shigeru Miyamoto is found to be like a sex pest or something, it's like break glass. Oh my God. Wind Waker on switch guys. Can you believe it? (laughs) They were in serious crunch last week on Wind Waker just before the Epstein list came out. And then it came Stop. out. It came out and they were like, no, we're good. We're we good. don't have yeah, to yeah, announce it. We don't have to announce <laughs> Okay. My next one, similar to Tori's, but actually the opposite. I think that Metroid Prime 4 will not come out this year. Mm. Um, do you think it'll be a Switch 2 title? I do. Metroid Prime um, 4 Vaporware. I respect yeah. that. I don't I don't think it's coming out this year. I don't think it will come out on Switch. No, it'll be the next console. And um it won't happen this year. But I think I like I wouldn't be surprised if they did like an actual real trailer instead of just like a logo announcement and then um like shadow dropped like 
a remastered Echoes or mm. something. Um, like, I would not be surprised at all if that happened this year. Because I really think, like, 2024 is going to be, um, like, last year was a ports and remakes year. And this year is going to be that on steroids, I think. It's everything that we get is going to be old. And so, I, like, I wouldn't be surprised. But I don't think Prime 4 is coming out. Yeah, I... uh I don't know. I'm just thinking like the 90 minute Did You Know Gaming documentary about the development of Metroid Prime 4 that comes out in four years is going to be an absolute banger. <laughs> For sure. All right. Noah, what's your third All right. I one? guess that leaves my last one. Um, I made this one kind of This vague. one is. No, go ahead. This one is so press start. Yeah, this one it is. is. So press start. We had to have yeah, something. Yeah, so press start coded. Yeah. I have big union controversy with uh, capital letters for the start of each of those words. And what I mean by that is like, so last year, I think, or a couple years ago, one of my predictions was like a big gaming company is going to unionize in a way that like uh, one, of, one of the existing companies had not already, like maybe a, a PlayStation or a Microsoft. And like- we didn't quite get that much, but we did get like Sega is pushing towards like people within Sega are pushing towards unions. Microsoft owns Activision Blizzard now and Microsoft has been historically more friendly towards the unions than other companies are. But like I'm waiting for a very big red flag to happen in terms of like a a serious union busting allegation comes out or like uh hire someone hires the pinkertons or some shit like that you know what i mean like oh my god it just seems like the the tide towards union activity has been going almost too smoothly for the past couple of years and like this is this is happening well outside of video games too you know like labor labor power and discussions around labor power are at kind of like a high point compared to where they were a couple years ago and considering in the past just how resistant the games industry has been to that like i am just waiting for some video game company to absolutely step in it and very seriously violate like nlrb yeah. rules and see what happens can i say something and like Please, yeah, i'm about to too. get into the 2024 i'm about to get into the 2024 election which is like nightmare material let's go <laughs> i mean hey it's january 6th we had to get into it somewhere that's true we started off with a bang so you're right what must come up must come down unfortunately with trends like yeah. this and we're seeing like a rubber band snap in a lot of ways, culturally and politically. Mm -hmm. Think about like this recent rise of like anti-trans policies mm -hmm. and this like online trad wife feminist, anti-feminist backlash, yeah. which I think some of that is starting to cool off because people are like, this is fucking stupid. I hope so. But yeah. that does, it just it happens. And then people are like, no, actually, I do think these people should have rights kind of mm -hmm. thing but we are going to get that way with labor there's going to be a snapback and it's going to happen with one or two ways either a union or a union leader is going to be accused of some wrongdoing and it's going to make all organized labor look mm. bad um and i'm like oh look at union bosses they're so corrupt or we're just going to get a vibe shift of a republican president and then we have like a a modern like margaret thatcher sort of like 
it's so over yeah. for unions for like the next president years. nikki haley is going to outlaw unions yeah i was actually yeah. like nikki nikki haley is basically yeah. a, a a thatcher-esque character i don't think she's gonna win the election, i don't think she's either but... the, i just like saying president um, nikki haley is she's but yeah, she's just she's behind in the polls behind Trump by like fucking like 30 percentage points. I mean, like I did mm-hmm. some producing on a story about this, but like I do think she is a vibe yeah. that will be in our ether. I mean, like even if she isn't in, in the Oval Florida office. Florida is kind of already the blueprint for that, considering like the latest anti-union laws that have gone into effect in Florida after like this past year have have not have been very reactionary against teachers unions like teachers unions have been the scapegoat of Mm -hmm. like well all they want to do is push uh, grooming on our children and they don't actually care about their education and they don't care about parents and that kind of thing and like scapegoating teachers unions the the latest anti-union bills in florida have made it so that like uh union dues can't be automatically deducted from checks and Unions have to hit like a a higher threshold than before in terms of like uh like membership in order to properly stay authorized and that kind of thing. And like it, it is very possible that even if there isn't like a huge like someone gets on TV and is like, can you believe that these union bosses are so corrupt? Like there's gonna that kind of stuff is gonna encroach nationally. Yeah, for like, sure. Just making for it sure. harder. Yeah, I I was thinking about you know how on Twitter some people at the end of the year will get on the notes app and be like this is what's yeah. in next year this is what's ins out outs, next yeah. year I feel like our our ins are like ins Nintendo Switch uh-huh. to outs labor power labor rights <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> unfortunately that's yeah that's the vibe I think we're going for it's like we're union busting but like aren't you glad you have Wind Waker on the exactly. Switch exactly yeah oh my god. Yeah. So I think that's all of our predictions, good and bad. I think so, yeah. Do we want to get into what we've been playing? Yes. Let's do it. Um, okay. Who wants to go first? I can go. Please. Go for it. Um. So I messaged you guys after we recorded our last podcast, which was two weeks ago. Yeah. And I was like, should I buy... Um, Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 on the Xbox store because it was 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. And you guys were like, yeah, definitely get that. And so I bought that and I had, I took most of last week, the the week between Christmas and New Year's off of work. Um, and I was like, I can really get into this. The day I bought it, I just randomly happened to boot up Vampire Survivors on Game Pass because I've had it downloaded for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I fell down a crazy Vampire Survivors hole. Damn. And, and it, that game is like... I can't blame you. I played it for like three days straight and just like was leveling up and buying all the shit and had all the money and like bought everything in the store. And then I was just like, I need to get off this game because it's just it like it was taking me out of the real world. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I had to put Vampire Survivors down. But that shit is a banger. Mm -hmm. That shit is a banger. Yeah, when I I remember I was really thinking about getting this when it dropped on the Switch, and then I remembered back to a podcast I listened to when it first got really hot on computer, and people and I remember hearing that like runs of the game could go up to like thirty minutes sometimes, and yeah. I was like, a roguelike game where I'm doing a thirty minute run of this would destroy my life right now. Like that would yeah that would derail everything else I'm involved in. No, because. 
Because that would be the thing. Like, I would start playing a game, and, I, like, I got to the point where, like, I'm hitting 30 minutes every time. Like, I'm hitting the time limit. Yeah. It's more about, like, I'm trying to level up fast enough during the 30 minutes to reach, like, the level I want to hit. And so I'll load into one game, play 30 minutes, and be like, this is my last one. Because this is taking, like, an actual half of an hour of my day yeah. to play this one game, right? And then it would end, and it would be like, okay, you unlocked this new move. Uh, Come try it out. And I was like, okay, let's boot up. Let's boot up another 30 minutes. Yeah, I think there's a reason why this game has become so ubiquitous on people's phones. And it's I think it's because of that sort of pickup and... Yeah, you know, the longest thing you can run is 30 minutes. It was actually reminding me of like a while back we were looking at potentially like EVs because there's like a tax credit for them if you get hmm. one. And this is I, I fell down a massive rabbit hole with that. Like I can get into that much later. But I learned that like Teslas have games because like they have the giant pad in the middle of the car. That's crazy. You can play you can play games while you charge, <clears throat> including Cuphead and vampire survivor survivors and like when you charge a car like that on a road trip it takes like i don't know like fucking 30 mm -hmm. minutes and that's a vampire survivors run. honestly <laughs> you think about it say what you will about about musk like he fucking sucks but the idea of doing a vampire survivors run while your car charges is kind of goaded <laughs> did you guys see the one tweet that was going around late last year that was the bumper sticker on the tesla was like i bought this before i found out he was evil oh my god <laughs> and i, I just but saw here's that the thing here's the thing it like in terms of range and price it is the best ev like that's that's just the unfortunate truth when i that you can get that you can buy in the u.s when i saw that some tweet chinese ones that are better but when i saw that tweet and bumper sticker i just thought like the bumper sticker should say, I bought this car before I realized it was a piece of shit that will fall apart and explode while I'm driving that's it and crash thing. into black people. <laughs> like, that's why I can't say Tesla's the best. Like, they crash into black people. Yeah. And it, it might just get, it might just get, um like, recalled because, oopsie, it might blow up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Remember One of my colleagues at the Wall Street Journal that I've gotten to talk to, uh, Joanna Stern, she's a tech columnist. Mm -hmm. She did a whole thing where she, like, went on the voyage to purchase an EV for her and her family. Mm -hmm. She has two kids and a husband. <clears throat> and, like, it came down between the Tesla and I think the Ford Mach-E, which is their electric Mustang. Oh, wow. And I believe she went with the Mustang. But, like, yeah, the whole, like, will it blow up? Like, valid concern. Do you guys remember that video when the lady is in her tesla and the pitbull is trying to get her and the pitbull is just no. like the pitbull is just ripping the tesla apart <laughs> and people are retweeting it and they're no i hate to see send that to me okay i'll no you remember this right i don't remember this no no i remember sending this to you and we talked about it because we're like this is literally the only car where a dog could just pull it apart piece by piece but <laughs> the dog is just like grabbing parts <laughs> of the tesla and pulling them off that's and, crazy and someone's that's stuff like Looney Tune shit. Like, like I don't know. Like, who is it? The Meat Meat guy, uh, Red Runner, the one that goes like, yeah, yeah. He like gets into a car and drives because he realizes it's faster than him running. And then like Taz just starts ripping the car yeah. apart. Like, I feel like that's a that's the plot of a, a Looney Tune. <laughs> yeah, I remember someone was like, "Of course, a a dog could just." pull off the window seal on your tesla because it's it's attached to using inertia <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my okay God. i will send you guys that link and then we will also put it in the show notes yes 
Okay. The next thing I'm playing is um, I'm back on my P3P grind, my mm. Persona 3 Portable grind, because this was a game that um, I kind of wanted to put in my top three games that I played last year list, but I just didn't get far enough. Um, it was one that I was playing last year, and then when the summer started, I just kind of put it down and didn't pick it back up. And so I had played um, 18 hours of it when I put it down, and I was on like floor 40-something mm -hmm. of Tartarus, I think. And now I'm 30 hours in after last week, and I'm on like floor 110. Wow. Maybe. Yeah. And so I... Yeah, I like went to work last week on Persona 3. Just like I was, I was telling Angie, I was like, man, like really want to keep grinding these social links, but I, I'm about to just, I know I need to just lock into a three hour Tartarus run right now. And yeah, I'm, I was enjoying it a lot. It's one that I am, I'm going to keep playing that one and I want to beat it. Yeah, okay. I, I like can't it. really say close because they are 200 plus floors, but like by yeah. close, I mean like you've made progress. Yeah. What's like yeah. what can you what's been your latest new moon just so I can get like a benchmark idea? I don't know, man. What's going on right now in the story is um, it's like talks are heating up between that dude that Akihiko is friends with who like is homeless and lives on the street. Mm. And like those bad guys went and talked to that dude and they were like, we're going to kill you. Yeah. And then I had the confrontation with that dude, the skinny dude that wears all white. Mm hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I had that confrontation already. Um, the thing that's weird about playing um, the portable version of this, and I want you guys' advice for when I'm done with this video, mm -hmm. is I feel like I'm missing out by not having the cutscenes. Yeah, and like I'm kind of just watch them. Yeah, I can send you. Yeah, they're I on YouTube. Noah a link. Yeah, yeah I, the anime cutscenes. Okay, I'm just gonna do that. That was what I did um, after I beat the game. Was I just sat down and watched like the compilation on YouTube of all the cutscenes? And like, yeah. part of me is like, yeah, I think it would have enhanced the experience if it had cut to them in the moment. But like, watching them after the fact when I beat the game was just fine too, because it was just like a it was like a greatest hits compilation of like really cool moments. And I was like, oh my god, that's what that looked like in the animation. Like, yeah, it was really cool. I'm curious. Um. What's your go-to party right now? My go-to party is um, the dog just replaced Akihiko. Nice. Because he's the way... The dog is so good. The dog is way more powerful than Akihiko. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And I like um, Mitsuru. Okay. Because mm -hmm. I... I, and the thing actually that's different that I want to talk about also between my current run and when I first started is when I was playing it earlier last year, I was deciding every single move for every party member. Oh. And since I got back on it, I'm letting them kind of do their own thing. Really? Except that I'm I'm having Mitsuru um, like mainly just heal and support, but I'm kind of just letting everyone else okay. do their own thing. Huh. That's fascinating. Cool. That's interesting because I use Mitsuru basically as like my most powerful mage. And I mm. let uh, Yukiko. No, that's, that's like, P4. No, Yukari, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, why name girl uh, Yukari be the healer? But Yukari also has like dog shit HP. Yeah. Like, anything can yeah. kill her, yeah. which is the unfortunate. I bring her out to heal and then I'm like. Bye now. I am yeah. I am interested that Hi. like you quit picking your moves for people though because like that is one of the main draws of P3P is yeah. that like you can do that. But like uh, another reason to play <clears throat> another reason to play P3P and not FES is that you get to do a social link with the dog where you take him out for walks. So that's pretty great. Which I've been trying to do, and every time, every night that I go to this dog, he just whimpers at me, Man. and it's like I really want to take you on a on a walk. Yeah. Do you have to do? I don't remember doing that one. I, I remember doing it, but I don't remember what you could do to make him not whimper. 
Oh, I don't know. Do you have to, I feel like it's something else, like you have to establish a social link with like Igis or something mm, before. Maybe. Is it one of those? Because that, that game is full of those. Like, oh, I want to ask, I want to get a link with this person. Oh, well, you have to get a link with this other person yeah. up to three before you could start the link with this person. I think she, I think Koro-chan is connected to Igis mm. in some way. Could be wrong. Are you- and then I'm like not really strategically doing my social links i'm literally just doing the ones that i want to do nice and so i've like already i've already maxed out um bb the exchange student just because i love going to sewing club with bb i love him and then i'm uh i'm like in a relationship with the swimming girl Mm. um because I, that's the other one that i have just been like super progressing i was gonna ask you if if you were playing as the boy or the girl sports That sports girl is the same no matter what sport you play. Yeah, definitely. Is she like Yuko? she has like darker skin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> short, I also short hair. Her, but but I played basketball. Got it. Mm. I played. I was girl main character, and I I think the only character I technically romanced was I guess. Me and I guess had some real tender lesbian moments, and uh, I think in my brain that's like the canonical way to do it. Like Nathaniel, like things you'll see how the story plays out but like in my mind like the only canonical way to play as the girl character is like romance i guess and love a robot i guess that's the one i guess is my fourth member of my party and so, so since cool, i guess yeah. came because it, it's interesting because i'm like dating yuko because mm-hmm. i'm at social i think i'm at rank nine with her Damn. um mm-hmm. eight eight or nine and i'm at nine or ten with bb um but I'm dating her, but then I'm also like hard flirting with um, Yukari. Mm-hmm. And then when Igis came around, Yukari got so jealous. Yukari is so jealous of Igis. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be careful with the girls, yeah. especially if they're in your party. What? Yukari yeah. huh. is so jealous of the robot, which I'm because there's like a thing when the, you know, like on the second day that Igis is a part of the team. Um, she like appears in your room the next morning and wakes you up, mm-hmm. but then Yukari knocks on the door and then I guess answers. Oh my god! Like, oh yeah, she just like, like freaked out. You were fucking the robot. Yeah. Um. So other than that, I've been in my movie theater matinee era. Oh yeah. I've been just going at at noon. Oh hell yeah. I've been going to the movie theater at noon because it's the only time I can go and not fall asleep in the movie theater. And so this I week, feel that, dude. this week I saw Poor Things. After Tori saw it, and I saw, how do you feel? I saw Ferrari. I really liked Poor Things, and I liked it honestly more and more and more and more as it went on. Um, Me too. Yeah, I thought, I don't know. It's basically like they're trying to trap this girl, and none of them can. And I was always just like, oh no, they're about to trap her, and it would make me sad. And then she would yeah. be like, actually, I'm a free spirit, and I do whatever I want. And I'm like, man, this movie's a banger. Like, I, I yeah. thought it was really good and cool. There are some really cool parts. I like how. It's black and white when it starts yeah. and then it ends in color. She becomes more like able to express herself and, and able to talk and educates herself. Um, great movie. I just thought it was like, I don't know, that movie was just so sociology. Hmm. It was just like asking questions about why we do what we do, why we feel the way we feel. Um, and I love that shit. I love asking those questions. So I fucked with that. I saw Ferrari a couple days ago um, and I... Uh, I thought that the very ending of the movie really made me feel like I wasted the previous two hours of my life. Oof. Um, but I did like it before Man. that. But I thought the ending of Ferrari was like, I don't know how that's the ending. It's so bad. I thought it was so, so, so bad. Wow. The ending of Ferrari. 
Um, but yeah, one of my friends made me make a letterboxed account. And so I've been Let's writing go. reviews. So that's where I'll send the letterbox. That's where I'll plug myself instead of uh, Twitter. I like I'll it. plug my letterboxed. That's awesome. And then um, the last thing I Iron Claw, right? You saw Iron Claw? I did see Iron Claw a couple weeks ago and I loved Iron Claw, but that was before I was in my letterboxed review era. Oh, okay. The last I thing, the last thing I want to talk about, um, Noah and I talked about how I revamped my whole Spotify. Like I tore it all down and built it back up. Yeah. yeah. And what do you mean? Like I unliked every song that I had in my likes and I unadded every single thing from my library and then just added albums. Cause I don't want to just shuffle my liked songs anymore. Like I was shuffling the same 3000 songs again and again and again. And instead I've turned it into albums and not playlists. Cause I want to listen to albums all the way through. Yeah. That's like one of my goals for this year. And I've been doing it a lot, which is cool. But another part of this is that I unsubscribed to every podcast that I was subscribed to. Oh, interesting. Except, um, except why? Because I was subscribed to so many that I wasn't listening to. Like yeah. my my okay. when I was in grad school, I had time to listen to podcasts. And in just like my current job, because I can't listen at work. Yeah. Because like I'm an I'm an audio it's, editor. Yeah. I like yep, I same. I work on, I work on a radio show. I can't listen to podcasts at work. Um, and so I unsubscribed to every podcast except No Dunks, which is my favorite basketball podcast, Press Start, of course. Let's go. And then I I have become, over the past few weeks, like a, a, re- a regular girl mode listener. Let's go. Just like, like kind of randomly. That's great. And yeah. so, yeah, I don't know if you guys listened to the most recent episode of Girl Mode. I don't think but I have they, It was like their, their year-end wrap-up oh, one. Oh, yeah, that was and, great. Yes, and, yes, we did. And they were talking about us on there. I know. And I was just... I was just chilling in the living room. I was high as fuck, and I was playing. I was playing NBA 2K24. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'm the only person who's ever played NBA 2K24 while listening to the Girl Mode podcast. And then I just like heard my I love o- straight representation. Yeah. I heard my own name on the podcast, and I was like, "This is so fucking crazy." Yeah. I was just like, it was like shocking to me. But I was pretty high. And then my last thing for the uh, girl mode crew, if you're listening, is Robin, follow me back on Twitter. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> what else are podcasts for except to uh, try and convince other podcast hosts to follow you on Twitter? <laughs> all right. Uh, is that it for you, Theodore? Yeah, that's that's all. Tori, you want to take it? I'm really yeah, interested so- about some of these ones you have in here, so. Yeah, yeah. I, this is a very this is a varied what I've been playing for sure. So just to right off the bat, I got Super Mario RPG. Mm. My my aunt and my uncle gave it to me for Christmas. Shout out. And shout out to my aunt and uncle. They they really know what, what what's up. Uh, my uncle also asked for Super Mario RPG for Christmas. So we're we're on the same wavelength. My uncle Andy and I. Um. So it has been so much fun. I really love this game. It's so funny and cute, and I just I love the humor. I can playing this game almost directly after playing Sea of Stars mm-hmm. has been really interesting because the mannerisms of the character, like the way they they circle around you faster and faster and faster when they're excited to mm-hmm. see you, which is something that the historian character from Sea of Stars does when she first mm. meets you. Um, the humor of it, like I, I posted in our, our group chat that we have with video game podtimism where I said something kind of controversial. I posted a picture of Mallow, the little cloud guy, and I said he walked so Garl could run. <laughs> uh, 
And some people thought it was funny, and one person responded, hmm, and said nothing else. Yeah. But there's definitely, like, I, I see the blueprint in Super Mario RPG. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I know that game also borrows very heavily from Chrono Trigger as well. But it's such an enjoyable game. And there's just something addicting about, like, 90s RPGs. I don't know. It's, like, really scratching an yeah. itch for me. And I've been really enjoying it. I will say, so that game, not to be spoilery about a game that came out in 1996, <laughs> but in order to save the world, uh, you have to find seven stars across the mm-hmm. world. And you do that after exploring like a couple areas and like beating a boss or two, kind of. And then you go to the next area, someone gets added to your party, you beat some, you beat some enemies, you solve some puzzles, you get another star. So I'm on like star six. And I will say after star five, it has started to drag a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, where I'm just like, okay, when are we getting to the next star? Yeah. So, but I, I do like we've like wrapped up some threads about one character's origins because he's always wondered where he came from because he learns in the beginning of the game that he was adopted. Mm-hmm. So like one part of the game is like finding his biological parents and now i've gotten to the point where i've met this character's biological mario parents, was so like, adopted no mario was not adopted one of your party members was adopted Damn. Stop. so yeah we're we've gotten to like the end of that arc and so now i'm just like can we just like save the world like i don't really care too much about having to find two more yeah. stars like i just want to get to the end of this but like for what it's been it's been a really enjoyable game and I, I highly recommend mm. it. So if you're still in an RPG mood after Sea of Stars, mm-hmm. Noah, uh, I would I would recommend Super Mario RPG. Um, next up on my list is Physical 100. So Physical 100 is this Korean show. It's on Netflix. And it's basically they selected 100 like super fit people to do physical competitions and it's like bodybuilders and former olympic athletes and like cheerleaders and gymnasts and there's like one there's like one white dude there who like used to be an mlb player and he transferred to a korean baseball league which is why everyone knows him he speaks korean and like they make them do like the craziest challenges and also they let men and women compete against each other which i think is a very interesting choice um but like there's a hundred of them. And so I just got to the point where they eliminated 50. And so what they did was like at the start of the competition, they had everyone basically dead hang off of a bar and you're supposed to hold on to it as long as possible. Mm-hmm. And the last person hanging wins that challenge. And the last person hanging was like a former like Korean special forces veteran. And he he dead hanged for like 20 minutes. Oh my god. Like actual animal. Yeah. I think the guy who was second place was like a former Olympic gymnast. So like it was like the endurance was crazy. And so they split the 100 people into the top 50 who hung on the longest and then the lower 50. And then they had one person from the top 50 and one person from the lower 50 do like wrestling matches and they each had them fight that way. And whoever the 50 winners of those matches moved on to the next mm-hmm. round. So super interesting. People's strategies are wild. Like 
you'll see people wrestling each other who are like in different, completely different like body weight classes. Like you'll see like a skinny dude who's like, I'm a track runner. And he'll like be wrestling against an actual big dude who's a wrestler. And you're like, oh, the track runner's fucked. But then he'll find a way to like win by just tiring out the big that's dude. That's crazy. And it's like, that's, that's genius. So yeah, it, it is interesting. Um, if you ever just want some like, completely head empty stuff to watch just watch physical 100 good to know um i am reading a book called doomsday book which was written in the 90s it's about a college student who time travels to the dark i actually read some of this in college yeah i did not i i definitely remember checking it out from the florida state university library and reading a bit of it yeah it's a good book i am checking it out on libby and i'm reading it on my kindle it's like 600 pages long and I'm like 300 pages in. So like I'm in, I'm in deep at this mm-hmm. point and it's good. Um, it's very 90s sci-fi, which is kind of a genre I love. It reminds me a bit of like Michael Crichton in a bit mm. like Outbreak, like the, the movie in the book Outbreak. Because what happens is they send this girl to the past as like a history student to like really figure out what life was like mm-hmm. back then. And their number one concern is, like, what if this girl gets the Black Plague? And so they, like, give her a bunch of vaccines before she time travels so, like, she'll be good. One problem that has happened is that apparently before she time traveled, she caught the flu. Oh, shit. And wasn't sick yet. And it's, like, a modern-day flu of, like, the 1990-whatever flu season. And she has been transported back to, like, the 1300s. And now the concern is, like, oh, my God, is she going to kill Europe (laughs) with this modern-day flu? Oh, my God. Which, like, now the Black Plague doesn't even matter anymore. Like, she accidentally brought over a modern-ass flu. Um, So, like, that's super interesting. And it's a really good book. Hmm. So if you have the capacity to read the 600-page book, I recommend Doomsday Book by Connie Willis. Cool. Um, and then my last item, and we we had some discussion about this earlier, but uh, I am now the proud owner of a Stanley <laughs> Cup. Um, I can show you guys. It is the, nice. this green Bright color. green. It's, not, it's a nice color. It's a it nice, is a nice color. color, yeah. Um, Big Mormon core, yeah. 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 For the, for the <laughs> set it down loudly for the mic. The mic yeah. there. Um, it's a good cup, but the online discourse is making me more hesitant to share that I own mm-hmm. one. There has been some really deranged content. There has been people being like, here's some Stanley Cup accessories you absolutely need. And it is like fucking like keychains for it. And like, here's a sleeve, a koozie you can wrap around it. Like, why would you need a koozie? It's an insulated it's cup. It's metal. Yeah. But like a sleeve where you could put your phone in it. I'm like, why would you mm-hmm. want to attach your phone to a water bottle? What was that here's one? Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I remember that I love and that I need you to get, Tori. Like, I remember when these first blew up and there were all the girls on TikTok who were like, I love my Stanley Cup, but I don't want to get wrinkles. And so they got that straw that is a 90 degree angle. Yeah. And instead of sucking out of the tip, it has an opening on the top. And so you are, instead of like um, wrapping your lips around, you're just pursing them to suck out of like the top of a right angle straw so that you are not wrinkling the corners of your mouth when drinking out of your Stanley cup. What the fuck? Yeah. There's, I love women, but sometimes <laughs> I'm like, 
okay. I understand lobotomy sometimes. I'm like, this shit is crazy. You'll not get wrinkles from drinking water out of a straw. Go outside. Like this this is this is Tori really crazy. said I love women, but <laughs> <laughs> like no, because he, okay, men are not making these videos. Like, let's just, like, men are not like, yeah. I love my Stanley Cup. M- men are too like, busy radicalizing themselves into being, like, right-wing militia true. members. Yeah. Yeah. We, we all are doing this much, much this darker. Is true. So maybe maybe I should be focusing my critical energy on girls enjoying their Stanley Cup as a girl who enjoys her Stanley Cup. But, like, I saw one that really does not make sense to me on, like, a physical level. There was one where it was like, I love my Stanley Cup, but I want my snacks to be near it. And it's like, true. That makes sense. It, I also like snacks to be near me. Near liquid. But yeah. what, what, what makes no sense is that it's like a silicone ring that goes around the cup with individual like pockets to put the snacks in. But here's the thing. And like, it's like loose. If you tip your Stanley Cup, will the snacks not just fall out? Yeah, probably. So what's the point of getting a snack ring around the cup when, like, all of your fucking M&Ms are going to fall out? And what's out? the point? It does not make any sense. What's the point of making an already kind of sense. unwieldy, like, piece of accessory that you're carrying around more unwieldy and big and yeah. likely to drop stuff? Like... And uh, and then I'm also just thinking about, like, loud. Yeah. Like, having a metal thing with a keychain on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's I I've been seeing some uh some what what would you call it? Transit discourse or urbanization discourse, which like that's also a place on Twitter. And I saw one tweet that was like Stanley Cups are only popular in car dependent areas, <laughs> which I was like, wow, yeah. we are we're going there. We're going there. But the thing is they cooked. No, it's true. Because like girls in Brooklyn are not carrying around this I'm, shit. I'm going to say I have it's I do not. It's shaped this way because it fits the cup holder yeah. of most cars. I put this in my car all the time. I do not see those in that Burlington. I, I do not yeah. see those in Burlington. But the girls in my Pilates class in North Carolina, they all have them. I have a it's I true. have a hard enough time. This, this is a this is a red state trend. I have a hard enough time sometimes just with like my big Yeti water bottle that has like a a really nice handle that I can just carry in one hand, like walking around with that because now one of my hands is devoted to carrying my water bottle. Which, granted, I drink yeah. enough water as it is that it makes sense to carry a water bottle around with me. But like, yeah, sometimes when I'm like on a walk or like we're in a downtown area or something like that, like I'm carrying my water a bottle around but i have now lost one of my one of my appendages for use with other things but noah what is your what is your water recipe i don't have a water recipe i put ice and i put water and sometimes a little mold if it's <laughs> oh, been too long no. for me to uh remember to wash oh, the plastic. Hell no. yeah. <laughs> nathaniel do you know what i'm talking about? i do of course i love water <laughs> recipes i mean i've never tried one myself but i support it i saw one where this girl was making birthday cake water oh my god um and she used like coconut syrup and like it's fucking like sour patch kids syrup and like some van- some vanilla and like allegedly it tastes like a funfetti cake and like mm. if that's what it takes to hydrate yeah. you like okay you know but it it's they're really they're really doing some chemistry here i i think just like it, it's a, i think it's a form of alchemy if you will <laughs> yeah so Turning turning water cup. into birthday cake. All right. Stand the cup. Is that it for me, Tori? Or that's it. All right. Noah. You can I go. will. I will try to keep things a little short, just because we've gone a little long. But um, first up, 
And a lot of this is stuff that like uh, I'm going to be playing for a minute. So here's where we're at. First up is Sea of Stars, which thank you again for buying me, Tori. Um, I'm having some thoughts about this game. I I think Ooh, how far are you? I am on the ghost pirate ship. So like, I'm not that yeah, far. I've clocked like 11 hours into this game. But like I looked up a walkthrough at one point just to see like location wise how far I was into the game. And mm-hmm. it looks like I'm only like a third of the way into this game. So like. It's long. Um, I am hopeful that the momentum keeps it going, but I am a little uncertain given the momentum of things as of right now. Like I got to the end of the first big quest and then it was revealed that I was going to have to do a lot of quests like that. And my immediate first thought was like, oh, how long is this going to be? <laughs> so uh, it's about 30 hours. Yeah, you're about a third of the way yeah. through. I will say the pirate ship part is my least favorite. Part. Oh, is it really? Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm really interested in this because I feel like a lot of the initial discourse when this game was like announced and planning on coming out was like, oh my god, it looks like Chrono Trigger. It it's so inspired by like the Final Fantasies and like this early like the '90s heyday of RPGs from Japan. But like upon playing more of this game, like the thing this reminds me most of is like non-square enix fairly good seven six seven out of ten rpgs from like the game boy advance and like ps1 era you know like it's good but it's like it's like golden sun level of good not chrono trigger level of good like i'm really enjoying it but like the i had i have this problem where i saw a tweet before I got this game, like back when reviews were initially coming out, where somebody said that they thought the writing was hacky, and now I can't unsee that. And it's like, there's one character, one of the characters from the pirate crew, who like breaks the fourth wall and is constantly referring to like RPG mechanics. And it's like, it just makes my eyes roll so fucking hard when she's talking. And I'm like, guys, can you put... I know I'm gonna I know. It's like stop. And like the yeah. tone is kind of all over the place. Like it kind of bounces back and forth between like haha silly goofy to like this is the end of the world kind of shit, which again, a lot of games do. I think some games handle it a little better than Sea of Stars handles it, but like at the end of the day, it's beautiful to look at. I'm still generally having fun with the battles because they feel very engaging and like yeah, it's just so pretty. And I love the overworld exploration. I love like being, I love being on a map and like pulling myself up over little hills and like walking on a tight rope and that kind of thing. Like I'm really, really enjoying that part of it. So I'm curious to see where I'm at with this in 10 more hours, but so far I am enjoying it, but I don't think it's the best game since sliced bread. So that's where we're at with Sea of Stars. That's, that's how I felt about it. It's not the best game I've ever Mm -hmm. played. But it did make me feel something, yeah. and I I still do think about yeah. it. So that's like I would say it's a seven point five yeah. for me. Um, I do think as you get later on into the game, and there is a lot of character de- like I don't know if you can say character development, but like kind of there's a lot of story stuff, particularly with um, Rashan. I think is his no, name. I have not even met this and person. Also, yeah. um, Garl. Okay. Who is my baby boy, and I love Carl's so fun. Much. Yeah, Carl's fun. Carl's fun, and makes up uh, for the fact that Valerie and Zale don't really have much in the way of unique personality they're traits. Not pers- yeah. yeah, they're they're just they're just like the the Wonder Twins chosen yeah. ones, and you're like, okay, yeah, everyone else is much more interesting than 
the actual two yeah. characters. I love their but, character designs. I love their power sets. I love their weapons. But yeah, as characters, they are just like kind of lame. They don't have a lot going on. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Good game. I'm excited to hear you talk more about the it. The other thing I've been playing is uh, another game that I got as a gift for Christmas. Uh, my friend Kevin does this thing every year where he will like buy me a few games on Steam, but then not tell me about it. And then I will just like, since my Steam account is connected to an email that I do not check as often as I used to, like I did not even notice that he had bought me games until like three days later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, one of the games he got me was Loop Hero which is a Devolver digital published game that like I had really wanted to play when it came out. It's on Switch now too. And it's actually like uh, graphically intensive uh, to a point where I can run it on my like janky falling apart PC. And this is really cool. It is a roguelike that has like city building elements, if that makes sense. So it's like, have, have either of you seen this, played this, or are you familiar with it at all? Um, no. Nope. So basically, like, the world has been destroyed or whatever, and you're trying to, like, fix it or whatever the fuck the story is. But it's, like, every every run of this game is a loop, and every loop is, like, it draws out, like, a little map on the road, and then you fight little monsters, but it's, like your care it's like an auto battler it's like an one of those idle games where it's like your character is constantly walking and your character automatically fights so you're not like pressing the attack button your character just attacks the only things you are doing are changing his like equipment which you get new equipment drops like new weapons new armor and each of them have like buffs and stats and this kind of thing and you're changing those on the fly you get those as drops from monsters and the other thing you get is drops from monsters are cards that have tiles you can place on the overworld world so it's like if you get a meadow tile you can place that anywhere on the map and at the start of a new day because there's like a bar that fills up as a day and night cycle you'll get like plus two hp refilled or you can get a mountain and if you place a mountain you get plus three hp as your max hp and so it's like you're placing these tiles and then there's ones that directly interact with you so it's like you can place a uh a cemetery map which means that a skeleton will spawn but every tile you place like that on the map you get like resources that will then carry over after the run so it's like very high risk very high reward and rather than playing the character you're kind of like playing the map and his inventory and it's really fun like i'm i'm really enjoying it it's very fun it's like a before i go to bed i'm gonna kick on loop hero and play a run and get my ass kicked because i did six battles and didn't get a sword in the first six battles because you start with no equipment but i'm enjoying it if like someone's looking for like a rogue like roguelite game that is like a little different than other ones you've played like this this one's really cool um the last thing I want to shout out is, did Nathaniel, in your movie watching uh, craze, did did either of you guys see Killers of the Flower Moon? I did not. No, I wanted to, though. I am reading the book because I didn't see the movie, but I really wanted to read the book because I stumbled across it at a bookstore before the movie came out and thought it sounded really interesting. And then at one point we were visiting Christine's grandparents, her grandma was reading it, and I was like, oh, I've wanted to read that book. And then she just like bought me a copy on Amazon for Christmas. So shout out. Um, I have not read nonfiction this engaging in a hot minute. I am, I am glued to this book in a way that I have not been glued to anything nonfiction or fiction in a hot minute. Like it is phenomenally interesting. Like I feel like most people have probably already seen the movie, but like the quick and dirty elevator pitch of this is that it's like 
it takes place in a period of American history that is like kind of a black hole for me too, between like Reconstruction and the Great Depression. And it's like a a, a Native American tribe out in Oklahoma, the Osage, have been forced onto this parcel of land but thanks to knowing the right people have negotiated a sweetheart deal with the american government where they maintain like the the rights to the stuff that is under them like whatever natural resources are down there and turns out they're on top of an enormous oil field so this book opens with just like some really good history about like who the osage were and how this native american group rapidly became some of the wealthiest people in the united states and it's like it, the the author david grant mm. includes like excerpts from newspaper articles where people are like something needs to be done about how wealthy these people are it's like they drive their extravagant cars down the road and they own mansions and they're native americans they don't know how to spend this money something needs to be done about them and then all of a sudden, people just start dying. Like, well-known people in this community just start dying grisly deaths that are seemingly unconnected. But, like, given the fact that it's all rich Osage dying, like, something is connecting them. And, like, I met the... It almost has the pace of something like a true crime narrative, which, like, I'm generally kind of hazy on because true crime seems... Mm. Is tends to be uh, at least some of the true crime I've listened to is like very like uh, whoa isn't it crazy that this happened and then like kind of uh, like novelizing really awful things that people went yeah. through or just go it can just go straight up into trauma exactly form. like but like yeah. the way that this this book treats this is very much like this is not an isolated thing this is this is a part of a greater social problem that existed and like i don't know about you guys but like i feel like a lot of my in the, what little education i got about native americans and the way native americans were treated in the u.s is very much like one bad president passed one bad policy and that's why the trail of tears mm -hmm. happened and then some bad mm -hmm. people yeah, andrew jackson exactly right? and like some bad yeah. people did some bad violence against them and also there were some wars don't think too hard about it but like what this book does a really good job of is showing that like these grisly murders are awful but it is part of a greater social attitude towards indigenous people that was reinforced by legal policy in a way that is like really horrifying so i i am enjoying the hell out of this book i'm learning a lot i am like glued to it i have not read a book that has this extensive of like a notes section in the back in ages like there are so many bibliography footnotes that would be there that instead of having footnotes it is by page and so you flip back to the back and there's there will be like eight footnotes for page five or something like that so we love a bibliography we love well-sourced nonfiction. um i'm really really enjoying this one so if you need a book to read that is not fantasy sci-fi i recommend this a lot i think that's it from me though nice are we feeling good do we want to tell people where they can find us online since we've uh we've run a little long here yeah all right tori where can people find you on the internet you can find me on Twitter at Chori underscore as underscore always. And you can also find me on Instagram on v.dominguez.98. Nathaniel, drop the letterboxed. What is it? Okay, you can find me on letterboxed at Nathan Based. It's the same as my Twitter, B-A-S-E-D. 
any other social media you want people to find you at or no? None. Good. Nothing else. Um, what about you, Noah? I am on Twitter, Noah underscore Hertz, H-U- Noah underscore Hertz, spelled H-U-R-T-S. Uh, the podcast is on Twitter at press underscore start pod, and we're on Tumblr and Blue Sky at press hyphen start pod. The show art is from the artist Kai at Wisp Graphics, and our music is from the artist Geist, and you can hear more of their stuff at noahgeist.bandcamp.com. You can email the show, hit us up with, I don't know, your letterbox or whatever the fuck at heypressstart at gmail.com. And I think that's it. Episode 100. Get ready for 100 more. Yeehaw. Get ready for 100 Let's more. Let's go. Um, yeah. Anything else, guys? Or are we calling it? Hmm. I would say stay hydrated. Yeah. Read at all book. costs. No wrinkles, actually. That's the only cost. That is not. That's true. Yeah, that is acceptable. That is the cost. Yeah. Stay hydrated. Read a book. Play a seven out of ten RPG. There we go. Or play Vampire Survivors. Yeah, play the hell out of Vampire Survivors. Or don't if you're having trouble with it. There's a number. Call the number on the back of the game if you're addicted to Vampire Survivors. Nice. All right. Thank you for listening. And adios. <laughs>